This is Audacity, storytelling with Letitia Bariola. In this podcast, I talk to artists and business people, entrepreneurs, CEOs, creatives, really anyone out here living their life authentically and doing whatever it is they feel called to do, like they're doing it right now. And I think it takes a certain bravery or audacity to live that life. And this episode is no different. Man, oh man, I'm so excited to introduce you to Sam Murphy. Um, So she was booked for something, uh, a TV segment here at Action News Jax. You know, I'm a news anchor and I do something called Jackson Action. And she was booked to talk to me about what she does, which is become a success strategist. That's what she does. She helps people come up with a strategy to win at life. Um, But she hasn't always been doing that. She had a whole successful career before this move. And um, when she got here, and I, I mean, we exchanged a couple of words, and I was like, say no more. Can you please stay after this segment and record a podcast with me? So it was spontaneous. And we instantly clicked, and I just knew that she was for you and that she was for me in this moment. Um, So we're going to talk about how she navigated leaving a full-fledged, successful career to help other people launch their own. And I mean, we talk about everything from um, fear to um, all the different things you can do when you start falling into that pattern of just believing that you can't have everything you want in your life, why we're programmed to think we can't have everything we want in life. Um, and just, she has a way at, uh, dropping gems, practical things you can do to kind of play the mind game, right? To win the argument that you can have what you want. So she doesn't just talk about it and encourage you, but she has real life exercises you can do. And I just, it kind of rocked my world a bit, like big time. I told every, all my friends about it. I sent one, like the raw unedited version of this to one of my friends because I was so excited to share it. So um, I just want to thank you guys um, for liking this, for sharing it. Please continue to tag me on Letitia TV Instagram. And I love the screenshots. I love the feedback. Uh, it just helps me feel like we're all on this journey together and that I'm not all alone in here recording a podcast. There are people listening and enjoying this. So please tag me, rate and review on Apple Podcasts and spread the word. Tell your friends about it. I really, really do appreciate it. So we're going to start with Sam Murphy's story and I'm doing something a little different this go round. Um, Like for example, this is me just talking to you. I I usually kind of read something here, but um, I don't know. I just feel like talking to you right now and going off top of my head um, because I want to do something a little different. And also in this podcast, there were um, so many side conversations and questions that I was asking. There was a really great flow back and forth with Sam that I just didn't want to interrupt it with me um, thinking out loud now, you know, those little pre-recorded things I do. I didn't do that um, because in the moment I was saying everything I wanted to ask and I was reflecting in that moment. And I kind of like it that way. You know, some days I may tell more of a story. Other days you may hear me right in the middle of it, working through what um, my interview is saying and where it's going. So this is a straight podcast of us talking all the way until the end. But we start, um, you'll hear Basically, um, she went to University of Florida. She was a Gator and ended up graduating early because she thought she was going on an internship. That internship offered her a job and she said yes, even though she wasn't ready or really knowing what she was getting into. She was very young, but they liked her and saw potential. So she graduated early. She was thrust into the world of medical device sales, and um, she was really good at it. Um, But you'll hear along the way how there was something else tugging at her, and she just never quite felt fully happy. She talks about chasing happiness and what that looked like for her. So I just really adore her honesty, guys. 
I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. This is the audacity of an entrepreneur. It's just so interesting because I think a lot of people can relate to being successful in something that isn't necessarily what really speaks to their heart. What's going, what's happening in your life when, you know, you're kind of conflicted? Yeah, absolutely. And so, and this is something that I think is common, you know, being successful and then dissatisfied and then feeling guilty for being dissatisfied because Mm -hmm. you think, what is wrong with me? Why am I not? I am grateful. I am appreciative. You know, people have so much less. So being in this place of knowing that I wanted to be doing something else, but then at the same time being grateful and I did have a life that was that was cool and great and I did a lot of awesome stuff but I started to feel very and I don't even know that I was aware of it at the time this is more in hindsight um started to feel stuck and dissatisfied and ultimately even depressed which I didn't realize at first because I woke up not really super excited for my day but that's not what I knew at the time to really be depression what I knew about depression was more what I saw on TV and the commercials or the movies the really extreme cases you know that it was maybe you were having thoughts of suicide or Mm -hmm. the really extreme forms but I never really thought of it as really being a scope that if you wake up and you didn't necessarily love the idea of your day I literally thought I was like well I guess I'm an adult now (laughs) This is part of being an adult. Yeah. Gosh, because you, it's called work. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And sometimes you can, well, yeah, this feels like work. Mm -hmm. And just be like, well, this is, you kind of accept like this is what it is. You make a living, you work. Right. And you build, try to build your life around that. But there was something it sounds like in you that was like telling you, no, there's more to this. And I feel like it talks to you in a way of depression. Yes. Or that's how it shows up in your life. Yes. Like that can be a symptom indicating there's something to look at here. You know, yeah. there's something underneath this that's causing this. So I, I kind of got in this place of depression, which at the time I didn't realize it was, but just feeling very blah, you yeah. know, very baseline. So I really started chasing happiness because I wanted to feel something. You know, I was kind of just numb. I was kind of solid baseline, not super low, but not yeah. super high either. So I went and flew fighter jets with my dad and <laughs> filmed reality show and where I lived in a cave and climbed Kilimanjaro <laughs> and... Whoa, 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 (laughs) whoa. Okay, this is what you call chasing happiness? Yeah, you know, it was this, if I do this thing, or or when I get to this top of this mountain, I'm going to feel something, or this this uneasiness inside me is going to go away. You know, there's going to be a way to kind of fix this. And really what it was doing is, maybe it was temporary relief, but it was kind of masking or band-aiding the problem. Yeah. Because I was looking for that solution outside of myself, and that was mm-hmm. what the problem was. And that fulfillment was fleeting, so you would have it? And then it would go. That feeling would go. It would go. And then I would say, well, what's the next thing? So I got in this pattern Mm -hmm. of, well, when I get the next thing, I'll be happy. And when I get there, I'll be happy, which can be so common with so many of us that when I get married or when I, you know, Mm -hmm. have the baby or get the new job or move, you know. To the West Coast. Then I'll be happy. So I want to go a little deeper into those moments when you got the reality TV show and you know climbing a mountain so what was going what did it feel like at that time to kind of play around with the idea of living life on your own terms what was that like when you're right in the middle of it yeah you know so the idea of living life you know and with the medical business again very blessed and grateful to have had that I did have a lot of flexibility and freedom for what I was doing so I started to realize that there were certain aspects to me that were really important and certain core values and a lot of this I had just never explored I just didn't know it's those classes in high school that or college that they don't give you know like I didn't know I was supposed to trim my eyebrows or you know learn self-love yeah like I did these are things I just oh we need that in life good brows and self-love yeah. I remember I was like 30. Well, I guess I'm 33. I think I was 33 or 32. And I was like, why has no one told me about trimming my eyebrows? I didn't know this was a thing. Here's my face. Here's my- there, 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 you, there you were. Yeah, there you were. Maybe I sh- maybe people thought I just would know. Maybe they just were like, no. well, didn't you see that you had a straggler? No. I was like, I don't know. We didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. Um, sorry, I did So, yeah. So you're in the middle of it and... Um, I'm curious, you know, I think we get tastes of what your life could be like. And 
when you're chasing happiness. Mm-hmm. So wh- who, like what kind of Sam was that person when you were kind of off doing something pretty amazing? Was that, did it feel incredible? Did you feel like a calling to do more of that? Yes, I would have these moments, and upon reflection, I really realized this. I would have these moments of wild bravery and courage where I would do something really bold, and I'd feel very lit up. You know, kind of that feeling that you get inside your body when you know you're on the right path. You Mm -hmm. know, to me, it's kind of warm and tingly. I feel a little bit lighter, like I'm not wearing a backpack full of rocks. Yeah. And I would do that when I decided to move from Miami to California. You know, I knew I was heading in the right direction. Bold, big move. Yeah. Bold, big move. And then I would like, oh. Okay, I'm going to get here, and then I'm going to just... Do, continue doing medical business and um, thrive. Exactly. And I'm going to hold still for a moment. So I would get those tastes of it. And I would get tastes, too, of what now I realize were core desires or values of mine. Freedom being a big one. Being able to do on my own terms when I wanted. You know, which the flexibility you have with working for yourself versus, yeah. you know, working in a very confined schedule or something. So I would get these moments in the clarity of what that I wanted. Yeah. But I didn't know enough yet just for self-exploration or I didn't really know how or where to start. Mm-hmm. You know, I had these ideas that something should be different, but I didn't yeah, I felt I think a little bit overwhelmed too of a little guilty for not knowing why I wasn't happy and then a little overwhelmed at well, what do I do about it? Yeah, I feel like too the issue of having this safe bet is a huge thing in people's lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to be like 80% of reason why people don't venture out is because whatever you're doing now is safe. It's tried and true. Paycheck every two weeks. You have your insurance. Your boss likes you. Why would you disrupt that? Yeah, definitely. And that's a big one for me. So when I had my beautiful universal intervention of my son (laughs) that really forced me to stop running, it really forced me to reflect and look backwards and say, okay, how have I been living my life and how do I want to be living my life? And like you just mentioned, one of the big things that I identified was fear. How much fear played a role in my decision-making where I went, how I came to certain ideas. I mean, even in college when I was deciding which direction to go, you know, unconsciously we have some programming and beliefs of the way that we grew up. And for me, I really wanted my parents to be proud. And when I did well, they paid attention and I associated that with love. So it started even early back then of, well, what's going to make them feel proud and what's mm-hmm. going to be good for them? And of course our parents just want the best for us and yeah. they want us to be so happy. safe. Yeah. You know, and for them, medical or business, yeah. it makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. My baby's going to be safe. She's got a good good job. She's going to be safe. It's going to take really great care of her. They just want what's best yeah. for us, you know. And so they operate in this place of, oh, I don't, oh, I don't you, know. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, really? So I realized that I, did, I got in this pattern of wanting them to be happy, wanting to fill that need in myself of safety so that I felt safe and content, which is a basic human need. But that started for me really young, which I didn't yeah. realize. So making decisions, again, not with clarity of what I wanted and who I wanted to be, but fear of failing. And that if I failed, I realized that fear really kept me stuck. That I, and I see this often with my clients, if I thought that I was going to fail at something, I wouldn't do it. And I didn't realize that at the time. Had you asked me, I probably would have gotten defensive and argumentative with you. What are you talking about? I do not. But I remember that if I didn't have with good calculation a high rate of success, I I wouldn't go for it. Because in my unconscious, I associated failure with not being loved and not being worthy. Failure wasn't just an event and a learning opportunity. It was something that I identified with if I had those moments. And so I really realized that fear so much of it had just kept me stuck which can happen with so many of us it keeps us safe and one thing that I love to tell my clients is fear is designed to do that it is designed to keep us safe it kept our ancestors from being eaten by saber-toothed tigers it keeps us from walking out into the road and it does a really great job of that but if kept unchecked it can keep us stuck and where we can start wow. to feel really dissatisfied. And, you know, so checking in to say, you know, are you making a decision based out of fear or based out of what you really want? Wow. So it's almost like safe and fear can be inter- – they're interchangeable in some cases where that place of safety and security is also, you know, 
it can be linked to you're scared to do anything else because it is safe. Totally. And And who knows what's on the other side, if that's safe or not. Yeah. And what our brain can do is it can – so – it's designed to keep us safe. It wants to know that we are we are going to survive, right? That's like the the primordial design in there is to keep us safe and keep us alive. So sometimes, too, what can happen with our unconscious is as we start to push our edge or have a desire to do something new or different, our brain can kick on and start to say, because it doesn't know what's on the other side of this unknown. It knows that we're going to be safe and survive in the current pattern yes. we're in. Mm-hmm. But as we start to say, well, what if I go outside that? The biology kicks in and says, well, we don't know what's outside that. It might be imminent danger mm-hmm. when really we're just starting to push our edge. So for people to really embrace and acknowledge fear and realize that those emotions rising up are normal. Mm. But the power is in the moment of what you do next with that choice of whether we just simply get in a habit of allowing fear to stop us if that's been a pattern. And so you want to just look to wire and reprogram of how do we overcome that and do that differently. Mm. And one thing that I love when this was taught to me, and I love to teach it to my clients, is that in our bodies, the physical state of fear and excitement are the exact same thing. Your heart rate Mm. elevates, maybe your pits get sweaty, Mm -hmm. cortisol's released, breathing shallows. The only difference, because the physical state is the same, the same things are happening in your body. Mm. The only difference is what our mind is labeling it and the thoughts that we're having about that moment. Wow. So, you know, something that can be really powerful too in situations like this when somebody wants to learn how can you like harness and embrace the fear and, you know, step through it or overcome it. You know, the first thing is just acknowledging that it's normal. It's designed to keep us safe. But then realizing, you know, and making that decision, do you want it to hinder you and hold you back? Mm. And something that can help, though, is let's say that somebody had a fear of flying. And what you can do is in that moment when those emotions are rising up, that state's coming up in your body, you're starting to think about the things that scare you about it. So if you can then change that thinking and anchor in a more positive thought, let's say I was flying home to Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. I'm going to think about what am I going to do in Jacksonville when I get here? I'm going to sit in the kitchen and have coffee with mom and maybe we're going to bake cookies and see my son Mm -hmm. playing with the family and what that looks like and really focusing on and anchoring in this positive thought of what it's going to be that can really change those physical sensations from fear into one of excitement. Wow. So, okay, bear with me on this question because Mm -hmm. so let's say you feel that fear about something. How do you know that? So I have this thing where you you sort of want to lean towards like, well, maybe it's not there's a reason why I feel hesitant or, you know, maybe God or maybe the universe, however, for me, it's maybe God is trying to tell me, no, not yet, or, you know, slow down. Or so I struggle with like a deeper, um, you know, question of, am I really supposed to do this? And you actually said something earlier, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think may be the answer that, if you do have that desire, um, then we can go ahead and embrace that as, yes, go after it. Like, sometimes I have to be like, am I, like, I really want to do this thing. Um, And I go back and forth. Well, I wouldn't, this wouldn't be in my mind if it wasn't like supposed to be for me. I'm like, well, you are, maybe you're influenced or I don't know, you come up with weird reasons why all of a sudden you want to be Oprah, you know, or be like Oprah or something. And you're like, well, no, like you're just, doing that again or you're not you come up with these reasons why it may not be for you and so I don't know if I deal with fear as much but I do I can get into that like oh are you sure you're hearing this right are you sure this is supposed to be for you help me out there yeah absolutely (laughs) and thank you for asking because that's a great question that a lot of us deal with yeah so I do believe that if we have a desire or a longing or something calls to us that God is not taunting us yeah you know that he is putting that there to to show us and give us that glimpse of possibility or I even think too when you have hinges hints what, what word yeah, hinges, hinges works hinge, too. Hints of like almost <laughs> jealousy or maybe it's not oh. jealousy, but it's like a you see somebody doing something like Oprah and you're like, oh, I, 
Mm -hmm. I could do that. I want to do that. I don't think jealousy is necessarily a bad thing. It's more, I think, an indication of what is speaking to you. There's something there because I could hear something else that maybe it's, you know, being Oprah where you're like, yes, to serve millions of people and to have that platform. But I could watch somebody else win a Grammy and I'm like, I'm not going to be a musician. I don't want it. You know, it doesn't speak to me. So I really believe that following those desires and those longings, that we have them for a reason. And that oftentimes, and sometimes it can be really sneaky and start when we're young. I like to ask clients, when did you start believing it wasn't possible for you? Because mm-hmm. as kids, think about like our children, right? Like the little our little boys, yeah. I'm sure your son too. I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to be a volcanologist. Yeah, superhero. Like- anything. The possibilities <laughs> are endless, right? Yes. And we were all born that way. Yeah. And then with conditioning, and programming and oftentimes people wanting to keep us safe and learning what's okay and what's acceptable, we start to have programming and mindsets that develop of, oh, that's risky, so I shouldn't do it, or that makes it nervous, or that's not for me because we heard it somewhere or somebody told us that, or we took on that belief for some reason. Wow. So I really believe, yes. So you should trust trust that, that if you have that passion or idea or yearning to do something, you've got to, for me, is I have to start with, I'm allowed to want that, want it. Yes. It's it's here for a reason. Embrace it. Yes. And then, then the second thing for me is the fear, you know, like, can you, how you, will you? But the first thought is like, you know, are you, are you sure that's who you, you know, like, where'd you get that from? Or is that really for you? And I, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So what, why? And then you just get lost in that whole, like, whatever it is, just vortex of not really being sure of who you are and what you want. Yes. And that's so easy to do, especially when we're trying to be a lot of things for a lot of people oftentimes, you know, doing things for family or spouse or children. So one of the things that can really help there is that clarity, taking that time and more than just on New Year's, because sometimes people will, (laughs) sometimes people will goal set and plan, but really doing it, you know, quarterly or sitting down and allowing yourself that vision of where do you want to be? And sometimes two people will have a hard time thinking future thought, you know, like 10 years. So an exercise that I love that can be easier for people sometimes is you've just had the best year of your life and write a letter to a friend telling them all about Mm. it. I mean, that is awesome. And then looking at that and saying, what occurred? Do you have your own talk show? Mm. You know, are you helping and reaching millions of people? Are you able to do something big on charitable contributions? And really looking at not necessarily just one facet of your life, but really looking at all areas. Because something that can happen with our Mm -hmm. brain sometimes, too, is if we say, I'm going to be so successful in business, an unconscious belief will click in and say, well, your relationship will suffer. No, well, it doesn't have to doesn't have to. So really writing this letter of my relationships are amazing. My family's thriving. I have this incredible platform or mm-hmm. I want a daytime Emmy or, you know, yeah. and really looking at what that is and, and feeling in your body, like how it feels. Another exercise that I like as I teach evil, because everyone that may be listening, if you are not sure about your feelings, neither was I. Didn't know what they were. Um, <laughs> literally. I, literally. Somebody asked didn't. me what feel. didn't feel I had really numbed myself out during that process of kind of chasing happiness and being unhappy. I had numbed it all out, oh, I think, because wow. there was pain that I wasn't dealing with. And so I just, I really didn't feel, I thought a lot. Yeah. And a therapist asked me one time, how do you feel about that? I said, uh, this is what I think. And she said, no, how do you feel? I said, I don't know then. Yeah. Um, but something that I love as a good indication as an exercise is if you were to sit in your body and like close your eyes and think about when you are in traffic you're in traffic, you're running late, you might not be there on time. How does your body feel? How do you feel in your stomach? Do you feel frantic? It it starts to kind of tight, tense, you know, and then think of, okay, so we're clearing that, we're calming that. And then you're doing something you absolutely love. Maybe you're sitting on the beach, you have nowhere to be, you're reading a book, maybe your son's playing out by the waves. And, you know, it's a perfect day, your husband's there, you know, everyone's there. And how do you feel? And how do you feel in your body? peaceful peaceful and so that comparison of how you feel in your body more relaxed yeah. you know for me I really feel a lot of it in my stomach if it's a no it's this tight mm. tense kind of ball and so being able to check in with yourself and when you think about the future and you think about some of those goals before your mind kicks in mm. and starts to think how what if when if you have that calm feeling oh my and gosh. excitement excitement follow the excitement yes Yes. I believe that to be true, and that has been 
that has been a theme in my life that has never failed me. Mm-hmm. You know, that feeling of peace. Yes. Of, it, it's almost like a green light for me. Mm-hmm. It's a keep going. Yes. It's it's a yes. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> so what would you say then? Um, well, first I want to ask, why um, are we, wait, no, I missed it. It's like the best. Oh, this is it. Okay. Um, why don't we feel like we're worthy of that life, Sam? This, yes. you know, just even just on the beach and like no worries and everything's okay. And that peace that you're talking about, I think so many of us struggle with. We just don't feel like we deserve it, that we just are are meant to have a mediocre yeah. Like you said, baseline is like just right there in the middle living life that who are we to experience extreme peace and purpose every single day? Yeah. Why? What is that? Again, it's something that I dealt with and so many of us struggle with. And think again about when you see a baby. A baby does not have that. A baby's like, I'm crying, <laughs> meet all my needs, feed yes. me. They are. I'm ready to sleep. They're not afraid to express all emotion. <laughs> yes. You know, they, they want their needs met and they need them met, you know, and they have love. And along the way, we learn through conditioning and programming. And it doesn't mean that anybody intended for us to pick up this program. It doesn't mean that our parents did something or said something. But oftentimes, we pick up and learn certain beliefs, almost like Mm -hmm. we have an internal thermostat for what is acceptable Mm. for our life. Um, And you can see this with money and earnings, um, with like how much people think is possible to earn or how much they think that they deserve in their life. And so oftentimes we have this thermostat set of what we saw, maybe like with our parents in our own lives, that maybe they did okay and it was a pretty good life. And somewhere along the lines, maybe we decided that who are we to do more than that? Or why yeah. should we need more? And yeah. you know, guilt or something can set in. So oftentimes it's programming that wasn't initially ours. Because if we think back to... Wow. The baby. You know, we didn't have that. So we learned it somewhere that along the way. That baby wants everything. And it's okay to have it. And no one judges that baby. No one no one judges the baby. No one judges the baby. They rush to give the baby what the baby to needs. give the baby everything, right? <laughs> no one's judging the baby because we're all born perfect and we still are. But we start to get in our heads and then people's different emotions and guilt. So an exercise that I like when we come across like a belief like this or a mindset piece like this is where did it come from? You know, you can look at, and sometimes that can come to us easy, you know. Like if I was to ask a question of, do you think um, making money is easy? You know, people will usually have a yes or a no. And so mindset or beliefs can almost be, we can think about it like a tabletop. So the tabletop could be, for an example, that making money is hard. And all through our life, maybe we saw a lot of evidence. Mm. Maybe we saw our dad work really hard, and that's a table leg. And we, you know, our parents would tell us, our grandparents would say, oh, we can't afford that right now, or we don't spend money on that. Or, you know, you just saw maybe friends, neighbors, family, maybe in your own experience, a lot of evidence that starts to build up a lot of table legs underneath this belief. So now, in our mind, our brain has what's called a reticulator active reticular activating system and it looks for what we tell it to look for i don't know if wow. you ever i don't know if you've ever noticed oh that's deep i don't know if you've ever noticed this but before being pregnant i never noticed another pregnant woman <laughs> no i didn't right yes. then you're pregnant you're like what is in the water so many women are pregnant everyone's <laughs> pregnant everywhere i look oh look she's pregnant oh is she's she pregnant? pregnant she's, she's pregnant. pregnant and maybe people will she's d- pregnant with car shopping maybe anybody out there who yes. hasn't been pregnant you've never noticed the white jeep and then all all of the everyone sudden, has white jeeps. Everyone bought the white jeep. You're yeah. like, were they having a sale on the lot? Because I felt like I oh really my wanted. Gosh. And that is our brain and that reticular activating system turning on and looking for what we tell it to look for. So what we want to do is we want to retrain our brain to go from making money's hard to making money is easy or can be easy or can be fun. And so you start to look for new evidence. Well, grandma gave me $100 for my birthday. That was easy. I found $20. You know, and you start to look for new evidence. New legs to support that table. Yes. And so looking at, you know, with the, um, do I deserve this? The other thing that I'd like, you know, people to look at is the way that we talk to ourselves is often not the way that we would talk to anybody that we like. (laughs) 
Can you imagine? Oh, you're so right. If the stuff that we said in our heads, we said out loud, mm. no one would be friends with us. You know, we say that, oh, you can't do that. Oh, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Why would you do it way that too, way? Reaching way too high. Uh, way too high. I knew you couldn't do that. See, no. that's the evidence. You should have listened to whatever. Uh, can you? We would not be friends with her. No, bad person. <laughs> no, we would not be friends with her. So what we want to do is we want to take that belief and we want to, the belief that we want to instill. So you can do that through like mantras or affirmations or some daily mindset work in the morning writing. I am worthy and deserving of this. Or think about yourself as a three-year-old. Did that mm. three-year-old deserve it? What would you tell her? Mm. Because we can be a lot more compassionate to our younger selves. Oh, wow. And so really thinking about how would you want to talk to her and wouldn't you want, and I know, or, or if you have kids, how would you talk to a friend? How would you, and really looking at that and having that awareness of that compassion and reflecting it back on ourselves because I know, and I'm sure you too, we want our kids, honey, mm. you can do anything. Yeah. You can have anything. Absolutely. And so when we come up against this place of, is that for me? That's oftentimes our programming and oh. fear setting in. So to answer the question earlier is, you know, if, if you feel excitement and you feel called for it, I really do believe that we have that for a reason, and it's because it is possible. And our mind will set in, and sometimes that fear is trying to keep us safe because on the other side of that unknown could be scary. You know, so looking at it and then checking in is, is this really me and is this guidance? Because I do believe in guidance, yeah. right? I think that we're supported. I think yeah. that we are helped, you know? And so just checking in is, is this fear talking? You know, really asking yourself, is this fear talking? What could I be afraid of here? Or you know, and and really just asking yourself, okay, yeah, I, I think it is. And, you know, there's so many different exercises too. Sometimes our brains can run wild. And some another exercise that can help is if you do a worst case scenario game. Sometimes oh, your yeah. brain can be afraid of something. And if you, if you literally said, okay, for example, I'm afraid of failing or I, I was. Still gets me a little bit here and there. So <laughs> I, I still do this exercise. And it said, okay, if I, when I, when I left the medical field, took this giant leap into coaching, what if I failed? Because I was like, oh my gosh, right? I'm ruminating it. Can I do it? Can I not? I'm dipping my toe in the water, but not like fully leaping in. Okay, worst <laughs> case scenario, because your brain goes nuts and it's like, well, you're oh, going to yeah. be homeless alone yeah. on the side of the road. You'll probably die and yeah. it will all be You'll your lose fault. everything. You'll lose everything. You'll start all over again. How are you going to get a job after you like stop this thing and do that thing? How long will it take you to get a job? Mm -hmm. Don't ask me for a list. I got them. You know, so sometimes <laughs> what I'll do with clients is I'll say, and a coach did this for me one time is she said okay tell me the worst case scenario I said well I won't have any money I can't pay any of my bills um you know and she says okay then what and I go I live with my parents she's like okay and then what and I go that's it and right? I go and and then I guess I get a job and she's like okay then what and I'm like it's fine she's like yeah I'm like <laughs> Okay. You know, but sometimes wow. the worst case scenario, because in your mind, it's this unknown, maybe you're under a bridge, you know, somewhere, yes. but really, okay, if it was to totally tank and it didn't work, okay, I live with my parents or, you know, sometimes that worst case scenario can help. Or, you know, if I was to leave the medical field and do this, if it didn't work out in the coaching, could I go back to medical? Yes. Yeah. You know, no bridges were burned. So what do you think then when there's... you? What if you go after this thing, Sam, mm -hmm. and it ends up not playing out like you thought it would? Or that door is just closed and you knocked because you overcame all this stuff and you did it and it it isn't for you. Yeah. Because that happens too, right? It, it definitely happens. How do you not completely melt into a puddle and just say, oh boy. I missed it. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I love about going for it, and so fear of failure, what I love about failure and that I would love to do with Colton, I heard Sarah Blakely talk about this in an interview, is every day at the table, her dad would ask her and her brother, what did you fail at today? And it really desensitized failure because failure is an opportunity mm. for learning. When we go out and we try something, one of two things happens. We succeed or we learn. Mm. And I never viewed it that way. I viewed it as like, oh, I'm going to fail and no one's going to love me and I'm going to be homeless under that bridge. Yes. But really what happens is you either succeed, which more often is probably going to happen, 
or we learn and we pivot and we keep going. So in those moments, a lot of times, sometimes people will say, I went for it and I realized it wasn't for me. And I said, the thing that's amazing about that is now you know. And there's not this always kind of regret or this hanging over your shoulder, what if I would have done it? Yeah. What if, you know, you went and you did it. And if you really looked into it and you said, you know what, I just decided that wasn't really for me. You know, because sometimes you will. You Maybe you have like a kind of a fantasy or vision of what something was going to look like. And then you get there and you realize, actually, I really liked Didn't, what I was doing yeah. before. But then you can have that very grounded, very confident knowing that you didn't like that thing. Or maybe that's oh, more wow. of a hobby yeah. than a full-time. You know, sometimes, too, when people have this um, – a passion that they want to do. It doesn't mean that your passion has to be your full-time job. Of course, if it if it feels right, it can be, but your passion could be growing the best tulips or making yeah. the best hamburger. And if it feels good to do it as a hobby or on the side, then you absolutely can. But what I always encourage people to check in is, are you making that decision for you or out of fear and fear is holding you back? Because what I just want people to know is, don't have regret. Go for it and try it. And if you get there and you realize that you don't want it. So oftentimes, I guess, when we think forward thinking, if I get there, will I melt down and feel terrible about myself? Well, I more oftentimes will see with clients and from personal experience, when you go for it and you know that you went for it, it either you learned and you pivoted and you keep going or you realize it's not for you. You don't have that meltdown feeling because oh my you gosh. know that you went for it. The meltdown feeling and the hesitation is in that the pre it's the before and that's fear talking anyway telling mm-hmm. you what you'll look like if you don't get it that we're going to be a disgrace yeah and what will that's think. not that's not what it looks like when you go after something and it it doesn't turn out like you want yes that's not that's fear it's fear that's fear's picture of what you'll look like when you air quotes fail fail because i was worried about what wow. will people think and when i asked myself who are those people i'm like it's my old bosses and i'm like what <laughs> Why do I care? But it was, I, was, I thought everyone's going to think I'm so crazy throwing away all this success so young. But I believe in those God interventions, right? Yeah. And the messages are sent. So I had this huge hangup of like, what will people think? And um, then I like went for it and a guy in medical reached out to me and I said, oh, I'm not in the business anymore. He goes, yeah, I know you do coaching, right? I need you to help my daughter. And I was like, oh, oh wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh, you think I was really good at that. So I must be oh. really good at this. And, you know, there's these, again, yeah, this unchecked fear of, like, what we we project it out to be something really usually completely unwarranted. Another exercise that can be really helpful is if you have an idol or a role model or something and you look to them and if they failed or they went for something and it didn't work, how would we feel about them? Like, would we judge them or have they gone through trials and tribulations? No, because usually those people in my head, it's Beyonce, um, keeps going. Like, for example, she had that movie that is not that great. <laughs> What's that movie? She's had a red hair. I don't know. She, oh, I don't think so. It, she, she was an actress. Being, I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, she was an actress and she like tried her hand at that thing and it turned out to like you could visually see that, oh, this is not your gift. Like this is not it. But you know what? That was like, I don't know, six, seven, ten years ago. I can't remember. And she has gone on to be this mega superstar. I can barely remember it. Yes. Yeah, you can't even think of I the can't name. even remember of her kind of flops, I and, guess. And so when we think about it on ourselves, we amplify it. And, you know, and this is the other thing, too. Wow. People are so busy going about their they own. They don't care. They I don't have, care about your I have realized thing. that, too. Okay, I want to get back to you, Sam, because your life is a really great example of this. So we went all the way up to what's really unique about you is, you know, 2016 is not that long ago. Mm-hmm. So what was the turning point for you when you decided that you've honed in on what you want to do outside of the medical business and you did it? Yeah. The turning point for me was really the, again, the the universal intervention of uh, my son being born, you know, which really forced me to stop running and really start to reflect of what do I need to change and what can I do internally to get to where I want to be because I realized I want to be happy and I want my son to be happy and what do I want him to know? I want him to know that anything's possible and 
maybe I wasn't living my whole life that way, which I realized I had not been. Yeah. And maybe none of it, you know, maybe all of it was fear-based, mostly, <laughs> you know, little moments of wild bravery, but mostly decisions based out of fear, you know, really letting that run the show, fear, obligation, and guilt. And saying, okay, I've got to do something different because I want to show him that anything's possible and that mom's willing to live that message and to do something with it. And I had always wanted to do something to help women, like I had mentioned before, but I didn't know exactly what it was. And I actually didn't know coaching even was a thing. Mm -hmm. I knew therapy was a thing. Yeah. And I knew people like Tony Robbins existed, but I only really knew it in the aspect of sales training. Yeah. So somebody sent me a Facebook message or like, a, you know, a freebie on a Facebook. And this woman was a coach. And I like I heard what she was doing and her training. And I said, wow, I feel like I'd be really good at that. And I could... I could help people and I yeah. could do that. So I first started off with um, helping coach entrepreneurs because entrepreneurship was always something that was very natural to me. Yeah. And it was so natural to me. I thought it was natural to everybody. I didn't realize it was actually a skill set that I had because it seemed so obvious. Yeah. I thought, well, you must know it too. Wow. Until I realized my dad one day was like, how do you know all that? I was like, how do you, you don't? How do you, <laughs> do other people not well, know this? Well, this is just what it is, yeah, right? Do other people not know this stuff? No. And so I first started there because that felt safe. I was like, let's not get into the feelings yeah. and things because I wasn't really sure that I had worked out all of my own. <laughs> I was like, we'll do business coaching, yeah. you know, and so started helping other people really hone in with the what do you want at what's important to you? How do you want to feel on a daily basis? And how do we bring that into your life? How do we make sure that you're living for you? And I had to do the same thing for myself. So how did you make that transition? So this is the whole like okay, I have my son. So did you quit your medical business or how did you like, I guess, transition into dabbling into coaching? Totally. It wasn't quite cold turkey. There was a bit of a, like a phase in overlap of yeah. the two. And, you know, depending on clients that I work with, sometimes people will have that or in their mind, they'll have, we do this all the time, mutually exclusive. It can be <laughs> one or the other. Yeah. I can be successful at business or I can have a great marriage. Yeah. I can do this or I can do that. And my thing is you can do both. So sometimes people will say, do I have to immediately take the leap? I, you know, quit my corporate job to now do this thing that you haven't started. I said, you could if that feels good or you can dabble a little bit on the side. Make sure that you like it. Stick your toe in the water. See how it's going to feel, how it's going to go and phase out one of the other or build something mm. on the side and then quit the other thing because also too sometimes our brain doesn't think about possibilities so if in your mind you're thinking a and b i always ask somebody what's the, what's another option and it stretches your brain to say oh maybe i could work remote on fridays maybe there's ways that you could negotiate different things in your current mm -hmm. situation or arrangement that allows for more flexibility so for me i had this amazing team that had worked with me for years these gals and and eventually what happened is the business was kind of split into two and they took it over, which makes me so I feel like a proud mama bear. That's because awesome. They're now killing it too, yeah. and doing it. And it's what they got clear that they really wanted to be yes. doing and took it to the level and the potential and the success that it deserved and That's they awesome. deserved. So it's really neat to watch that. But so it was a little bit of a, a tiptoe dwindle out of the I medical see. and then more into the coaching which it can go any way for people what's comfortable, but really it's about just sitting down and mapping out what a plan would look like because a lot of times we can get overwhelmed that it has to be this big, drastic, yes. huge I'm movement. Yes, quit my job, to you know, and uh, yeah, just sit with my laptop in a coffee shop and, until it's done. It is always dramatic. And that, my friend, I'm learning is fear talking again. Yes. Fear paints these crazy pictures of what it actually, what it see how it sees it right mm -hmm. and we just like play along yes you know like oh yeah you're gonna quit the big q word and then you're gonna struggle for two years yes. uh, you know go get a part-time job it's like no wait fear it doesn't have to look like that it doesn't have to be that way and something no. else that i forget to say this sometimes because i remember when i first heard it, i was like wait what um <laughs> That our thoughts, for people to just know, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners out here already know this, but our thoughts does not mean that that is us or right. You know, like we don't have to believe the things that come across our mind. For years I thought, well, it's in my head. That means it's accurate yeah. and it's true and it's right. <laughs> you know, like, but what I've realized is this we is get, what's going to happen we, if I do this. We get to discern and realize, oh, 
fear talking again. And something that also can help sometimes is you could say it out loud or if you're with a lot of people, you don't have to say it out loud because people may wonder, you know, but you're like, not useful. That's not useful. It's not you know, useful. That's not useful. It's not useful. And it doesn't have to be true. And acknowledge that. It doesn't that, have to be true. Yeah. Acknowledge that fear is there, but that you are in the driver's seat and it's welcome oh to come gosh. along, but you're in control and you've got this. Oh my gosh. I feel like some listeners, including myself, are waking up to the fact that we're one big giant walking fear bag. <laughs> we are. We are. But, you know, and also, too, oh so my often, so often that's what we see and we learn, at, you know, through conditioning and programming and society. Wow. That be careful. Be cautious. Are you sure? Are you, you can't, Don't you know? Don't you know? I don't. It might not go that way. It might not. Or... It might be great. How about the other side of the coin? It could be wildly Jeez. successful and, you know, really fulfill all my passion. So one of the things is just starting to realize that all the thoughts, that doesn't define who we are and that's not who we are. And we can start to discern, is that true? Is that not true? Is that fear talking? You know, and you can do things and take steps to gain more confidence and map out a plan of what that would look like. And the steps can be small and incremental. There was a study that was done by Harvard Business School that said that people feel the most satisfied when they're making progress on something meaningful in yeah. their lives. Oh, for sure. But it can be small. It didn't have to be these grandiose, huge, which in our minds we're like, well, that's when I'll feel good. No, as long as we're doing something small and incremental each day yeah. to work towards something that matters and is meaningful to us, we're going to feel good. So having kind of course and direction as to where we want to go and realize that, yeah, fear and obligation and guilt don't get to run the show. Mm. Okay, so I know you're so used to talking about the blueprint, but for your life, you know, I'm, I'm curious, are you, so are you 100% coaching now? Yeah, so I'm doing coaching. Wow, you've built something. I've built some coaching. There is every once in a while in medical, you know, somebody will say, hey, can you help with yeah. this or can you, and it's almost kind of fun because it's like, again, yeah. it's the girls that built yeah. it. And so I'll help do stuff in medical every now and then. Um, but yeah. Built, this is your everyday. Built a coaching business and this is my everyday. And one of the things too, I am not perfect. I have struggled along the way. I've dealt with this. Okay, should I put in more hours? Should I be at home more with my son? Where's the hybrid? Where's the combo? And talking myself down out of mm. the absolutes, you know, that it has to be this way or it has to be that way. And it one of the things that was tough for me is building the coaching was slower than when I built the medical yeah. because I had unlimited time and no children. And it was just, <laughs> it was just a different thing. All that energy in and, the 20s. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so a lot for me I did deal with when it came in of fear, like fear creeping in and fear setting in of can I do this? Is it really doing it? Can I really do it? You know, because I was doing it in less time and it was just a different model before selling something versus selling myself was a whole different oh bag gosh. of goods. I, you know, I could tell you why you should use this amazing thing yes. over here. But when yes. I was like, hi, work with me. <laughs> I'll help you change your life. I think I can help you. <laughs> yeah. I think I can maybe possibly help you. Yeah. You know, and with time too, more confidence came in, you know, Studies, again, I love research. Big, <laughs> I love I'm it. A big nerd. This is great. Studies talk about what's called the competence and confidence loop. And that as that you get more confidence as you become more competent and you become more confident as you mm -hmm. get more confidence. And I was like, well, how do I get in there? Yeah. It's like the chicken or the <laughs> egg. Which one starts <laughs> first? Have either. <laughs> right? I'm like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I have either. And what I really like about that is if you can change the definition of confidence, really instead of it being this unobtainable one day thing that will bestow upon us yeah oh. yeah thinking about it is simply a decision to try wow okay so now that you're on the other side sam tell us what it's like to be a you know you lived a life that a lot of us lived from you know a decade or so and um now you're on the other side can you tell us what it's like for you personally to really walk out, set your mind to something, do it, and now you're living it every day for your son like you wanted to do. Yes. Yeah. What is that like? It feels amazing. It feels amazing. And again, scary at times because fear will creep in at different things. But having the tools and ability to say, hey, I've got this. And to know, too, the thing that's so exciting and so fulfilling and rewarding for me is being able to help people transform and see those ahas and see them do something different and see their personal relationships transform. And it's just so amazing and so impactful to be able to have, to get to do 
for a living and on a daily basis to help people and see them transform and see them achieve their dreams and goals. It makes me so excited um, <laughs> and so happy. I'm like, yeah. She's, she's bursting yeah. at the seams, guys. I'm like, just is, FYI. This, is this real life? This is you know? real life. Um, it's so <laughs> awesome. And so for me, it's just, it's been figuring out my big things have been, okay, I was never one big on a calendar, you know, and just getting a little more regimented in my schedule because yeah. with scheduling becomes more freedom of this is when my work hours will be and this is when my family time will be and this is when, you know, vacation time will be. But it's so incredible and so cool. And it, I hope, you know, my favorite thing and like we offered today, oh, and we can offer to your listeners too, yes. is to jump on a phone and do a free strategy session with me. No strings attached. If you want to work together, great. And there'll be opportunity. But if not, take me up on the free call. You just have to fill out your discovery questions ahead of time, which allow us to get a deep dive into where you're at, where you're going so that we can get more out of our time together. But yeah, I mean, it lights me up. I'm so excited to be able to do this. And for me, it's just figuring out that continuous um putting myself out there and, you know, looking at different ways yeah. and to keep it going. But it's, it's really incredible. And to be able to come visit family yeah. when I want, because family, I live in San Diego and they live in Jacksonville and my dad's actually in Texas and, you know, wow. grandparents are in Kansas. So to be able to do this and really do it from anywhere and travel and hopefully inspire and motivate and change other lives along the way is like, oh, yes. you are, it's, it's radiating from you that you are doing what you're called to do with your life and so that's why i had to get you in front of a microphone thank you so much sam thank you so much (laughs) it was so incredible okay do you see why i just had to get her in front of a microphone for you so many takeaways from this interview but i think what really will stay with me is that sam really believes that you can have what you want in life and that if you want it, if you have the deep-seated desire for something that it's supposed to be there, you're not being teased or tortured, right? Um, That it's supposed to be yours. And I just love that refreshing way at looking at life and recognizing that fear really is a huge character in our stories. Like fear shows up as soon as we wake up and is with us even sometimes while we sleep in our, in our dreams and our nightmare. You know what I mean? Like fear is everywhere. And so I think the first step is just being more aware that we um, are, what is the word? Our default is to be afraid. And I don't want to live like that. Sam Murphy, thank you. Listen, if you want to have that first discovery call with Sam, let me know. Hit me up on my DMs, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram as well. And if you're interested at all, anybody really, let me know. I'll give you the link to, sh- to sign up and to have that you know introductory conversation with Sam. And who knows where that can go. Um, just let me know. You know where to find me. Instagram, Letitia TV is the easiest way to find me. And also follow her on Instagram. She's a great follow. You can see all of her moves from there. And her Instagram is underscore Sam Murphy. And it's Sam with two M's. Okay, that's it for today. Make sure you rate, review, like, share, all those great things. I appreciate you. Have a fantastic week. Until next time.